Emma Clark. I'm here for the Brooklyn Public Library's Our Streets, Our Stories project. It's March 25th, 2016, and I'm here at the Central Library with Brandy Harper. Hi, everyone. Hello and welcome. <laughs> so I'm going to start you by asking, where were you born? I was actually born in Miami, Florida, uh, but my parents moved to Brooklyn, actually Harlem, and then Brooklyn th three or four years after I was born. And did you have a lot of family here before? Um, yes, my grandmother, all my cousins, my aunts lived in New York, and they lived in Brooklyn. And I had a, came from a huge family, so I actually have 12, it's 12 of us total, brothers and sisters. My, yeah, my dad had four, my mom had two, and when they came together, they had six. And so we were pretty much the Brady Bunch yeah. living in Brooklyn, uh, but most of my family was here. Why were they in Miami before? My mother's from Miami, and my father was there, living the life, <laughs> <laughs> paying the town rent, apparently, and he met my mother, uh, and then they decided to come to New York, mm -hmm. yeah, the big city. Yeah. Do you think it was mostly to rejoin with the rest of the family, or they wanted to change? I think they wanted to change. They did a lot of traveling back in the day. My mother, actually, when she was pregnant with me she said she was coming from Georgia she was nine months pregnant having a ball she was coming from Georgia flying back to Miami had me in Miami a couple years later they went to New York they went to Jamaica Hawaii they were they were just bouncing around with us so uh, I think it was mostly just to be in another big city where things were happening <laughs> what did they do for a living my father he works for MTA and my mother's a nurse and so uh, the one thing I realized even then was that they both worked ridiculously hard, especially my mom. She just, she was insane. She would work all day and then she would come home and she would cook us all dinner. And it was, it was tight. It was three of us in each room in a three bedroom apartment. So my parents had a room, my three brothers, my three sisters. It was, it was crazy as we got older and my youngest brother was born. And she would go, come and get it. And we'll come traveling down the hallway. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, one thing, one thing's for sure is that my mother in particular worked incredibly hard because she not only was she a working mom, but she would come home and she would cook and she would clean and she would help us with our homework. And it was pretty insane for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the neighborhood of Brooklyn that you lived in when you first moved? I lived in Canarsie, which was actually really beautiful, really green. I mean, it was felt like so far away from everything. I had to get here, which is basically the library I chose to go to because it was beautiful. <laughs> I love this neighborhood. I love Park Slope. Um, I would take a bus and then another bus. So I would take the 6 to the 41 to get here. Um, and so, but it was a really beautiful neighborhood. It was really calm. There wasn't really a lot of crime, you know. Uh, there was mostly houses and like low middle income, income families. And so it was really, it was really beautiful. Yeah. What are some of your earliest memories of, of that time? So there was a park called the Big Park, we called it. <laughs> and it was like a huge park, it had a pool. And I remember PAL, the Police Athletic Lead, would set up every summer. And I was always a really creative person. I would write on the walls, bless my mother's heart. She let me write on the walls. I would like draw on the walls and paste like things on the wall. And so I was always really creative. And so having that opportunity for every summer to go to the you know, PAL and make 
you know, houses out of popsicle sticks and little instruments, you know, made out of beads. Um, was really amazing. And they also it was really, really um, active. They had dodgeball and, you know, still the bacon. And so those are probably my most vivid memories from growing, growing up in Brooklyn, especially growing up in that neighborhood where there was a lot of parks. I was like, strange enough, there was, there was a little park and then we called another park the stagecoach. And then there was the big park, which had all the activities. Um, so definitely playing outside, PAL. One of my fondest memories. Yeah. You mentioned the greenery and the beauty, but do you remember any other really unique qualities about that first neighborhood compared to other ones you lived in? I remember being really calm. There was never really a lot of bustling of activity. When I would come to Park Slope or I would go to like basically Flatbush, which was, wasn't far where I lived, it was constant traffic, constant people, movement. I just remember. Canarsie being really low key, you know, for the most part, it was mostly students, because I know there was definitely, there was PS321, I went to that elementary school, PS321, and then there was South Shore, which was back in the day, I don't know what the situation is like for like, you know, South Shore today, it was, it was a, it was like a bad school. It was like the school you didn't really want to go to. <laughs> Hopefully I don't offend anyone, but it was like the school you didn't want to go to. Um, it was definitely it was my zone school, um, and then there was a, another school further down. It was Canarsie High School, and so there was a lot of schools, and I felt like there was definitely a lot of students. At three o'clock, you would see a bustling of trains, and of, like, filled, buses filled with students. And but in comparison to other neighborhoods, it was calmer. It was definitely calmer. Yeah. What was it like growing up with that many siblings? <laughs> <laughs> what was the house like? I think it was it was crazy. I feel like I think what was great about my my parents, especially my mom, is that she didn't really she wasn't very strict. Um, she was you know we would go to the park and she'll just just come back home and the lights come on you know kind of thing. And so most of my brothers and siblings siblings spent time um, outside of the house. And I was always really introverted. I love being home, and that is, hasn't changed in all these years. And so I spent a lot of time at home. My mother and my father, they would be at work, and all my brothers and like siblings, if they during the summertime when I was actually home, uh, and even in the afternoon, I would knit. I taught myself to knit when I was 14, <laughs> which is a little older, but when I was 14, it's probably one of some of my most vivid memories. I taught myself to knit, and I taught myself to crochet, and so I spent most of my weekends and most of my time outside of school knitting and making, <laughs> making things, and so I was kind of like a lame, creative kid, but um, I just remember being always in my room, uh, always in my room, making things. You know, each, each season I would create like these colorful uh, cutouts of letters spelling out spring, winter, fall, you know? And then I would like, put, you know, the, the um, was like glue stick and I would stick it to the wall and I would put like butterflies and snowflakes. I would spend hours just drawing these little, uh, these little murals, these little <laughs> crayon murals. Uh, so I remember spending a lot of time at home. And then also it was, it was tense. My, I used to always fight with my little brother. Like we were always butting heads um, and screaming at each other and they were touching my things and, I was wearing my older sister's thing. She's like, don't wear my stuff, you know? So it was kind of like that dynamic too, which is fun. Um, 
But I, I never felt lonely. That's one thing. I never felt like alone um, at home. You know, we would have like movie nights, you know, where we would play cards together. And so it was always, I feel like I always had friends. Even, even now in my life, I realize I have a really small group of friends. And I think it's because I have such a huge family. Um, so I don't necessarily need to have like a whole group of friends going out all the time because I always have like my sisters on speed dial. I'm really close with them. So, you know, I, I learned a lot about myself. I was like the middle child. Um, I was the oldest of the middle. <laughs> and so I learned definitely how to mediate and be diplomatic and, you know, be Switzerland if necessary. So that was that was interesting growing up with so many siblings. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> Did you all go to the same schools? Pretty much, yeah. We all went to well we all went to PS three twenty one as our like main elementary school. And then um, I went to Rachman, which was in, in Mill Basin in Brooklyn. And then for high school, I went to LaGuardia for performing and visual arts. I was a vocal major. And my sister went to a performing arts school as well. Um, and for the most part, yeah, we pretty much went to all the same elementary schools and junior high schools, but then we broke off. During during high school, and we all went to schools outside of like our neighborhood. We were like, "We want to get out of here. <laughs> Let's go." Um, and so we pretty much broke off during high school and college, obviously. Yeah. yeah. What was the next neighborhood after Canarsie? Did you move in your childhood, or was that later? No, in Canarsie, we pretty much stayed in Canarsie uh-huh. my entire life. Um, and then when I actually went to college, I went to College of State, I went to SUNY New Paltz, which is a gorgeous campus. I love it. Um, it's like an hour and a half north of New York City. And it's very hippie and very beautiful. And there's like organic tea. And it's like my favorite place on earth. And I stayed on campus. So I, for the most part, after Canarsie, I went to New Paltz. And then... Um, after New Paltz, I lived in Southern Africa for a while, which was really great. And then when I moved back from Southern Africa, I lived in Bed-Stuy, where I live now. And so Bed-Stuy is like completely different neighborhood than what it was 10 years ago. It's actually a neighborhood you want to live in. <laughs> I mean, I think back then it was really still really beautiful, was it? You know, but there was that kind of like Bed-Stuy, do or die kind of thing. Now it's Bed-Stuy, tea and lattes, you know? Um, and so, uh, so I could pretty much stayed and grew up all my life in Carnarsie. And my, my parents, my grandparents and my cousins and aunts, they live in the Flatbush area. So I would jump back and forth between those neighborhoods, Carnarsie, Flatbush, and then of course, Park Slope, <laughs> Prospect Heights for the library. And, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time here in this neighborhood specifically outside of Carnarsie. Mm-hmm. What, so you said you wanted to come to this library in particular because it was beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, what, what drew you to sort of bring yourself here um, growing up? Because there are other branches that are closer. Yeah, there, there was one that was like <laughs> five minutes walk yeah. away from the building, um, apartment building. But um, I actually, during, um, during high school, I was in a chorus called Be Funky. <laughs> it was like an outside chorus, outside of school. And... It met at the First Reformed Church on 7th Avenue. 
And so I was, if I wasn't there, I would sometimes come here and wait for court, like for practice to start. And so it was really close to like my life. I would, you know, go to chorus practice and I would go to the library. And also the library just had a bigger selection of craft books. So teaching myself how to knit and crochet, you know, having a million brothers and sisters and my, I couldn't, my parents couldn't afford like $20 how-to books. Like books are expensive, especially how-to books. And, um, and so I ended up coming to this library because there's a huge aisle. There's like two huge aisles of craft books, especially related to knitting and crochet. And so this was, this was my resource. So it was learning how to crochet and learning how to knit, was using the computer here, going to YouTube, printing out, you know, how-tos, and also taking out books. And so it was, one, because the selection is bigger, and two, because it was close to my, my chorus <laughs> practice area. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so, high school, you went to Gloria. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that experience and why, how you ended up there, what it was like. Oh my God. It was an amazing <laughs> school. I felt so special. Um, so, I still feel special having gone to that high school. So, I was always a singer. I was always really creative. And singing was like definitely one of like my branches. And I wrote music. And I applied during junior high school. I applied to go to LaGuardia. Um, I applied to all music programs, and I got in. I went to the I went to the audition. I sang um, "Greatest Love of All" by Whitney Houston, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I was nervous. I belted it out like full bloom, and I got accepted. And then I just remember in junior high school, they put us all in the auditorium, like all the seniors, and they would announce who who was going to what school. So they would say. Morrow, and then they'll list the people who are going to Morrow, and they'll go, you know, South Shore, and they'll list the people. And then I remember before that, before that even happened, the guys counselor, you know, said, "Let me speak with you. I want to talk to you about the high school, and you know, about your, you know, your acceptance." And I said, oh, "Okay." I was worried, like, who gets taken to the guys counselor's office? She was like, "Actually." Um, so you sing. Can I hear you sing? Can you sing something for me? And I said, I was like, why? She was like, just sing something. Sing anything. I was like, I sang something. She was like, I see why you got in. And she, that was her way of telling me that I got into LaGuardia. So I was like, oh my God. So when we went to auditorium and it was like LaGuardia, which is like a specialized high school. It's like, it like, even now, like 10 years later, I feel so happy and proud to have gone to that school. And they were like, Brandy Harper. And I was like, the only one. And I was like, ah! So exciting. And then when I actually went, it's definitely what it seems to be. You know, it's very crafty. The days are much longer than normal high schools. So I remember I lived in Brooklyn, Canarsie, which I told you is a bus, two bus rides away from areas in Brooklyn. So to get to um, from Canarsie to 72nd Street on the two train line, it took me about an hour and 45 minutes to get to high school. So I had to get in first period started at eight. So I had to get up at 5.30 to get to class on time. So my day started super early. And then we had four music classes. And then we had basic English, social studies, science, math, um, gym. <laughs> and it was being around crafty people all the time was, was amazing. Mostly because, you know, style-wise, you could see people. There was like the goths and, the, you know, these are young, these are like young kids, like 14 years old. And they're not fully developed, but they have really fully developed personalities, at least coming of age. 
And then you had the, you know, you had the hippies and then you had like the really popular kids, like the Jordans, you know, and then you had, you know, so you had your different groups and it was so clear, very clear. And then there was also a rank between dancers, actors, musicians, visual artists. It was ranked in that way too. It was very segregated in that way in some ways, especially for dancers. Dancers were like their own crew, like they weren't seen with anyone else except dancers and they had like the top like most top floor of the building and so you really rarely saw them and then the actors you they were in the basement and they just had like this life that seemed so easy they the, the halls would just be swarming with them they'll just be sitting on the floor putting on makeup doing things i'm just like oh, i want to be a, i'm gonna be an actor so i can do things like that um and so it was really, it was really amazing. And then also it just kind of fed my creative spirit. I was already knitting and crocheting um, when I started going to school. And so it just kind of made it more okay to like crochet during class. Not all my teachers appreciated it, but um, a few didn't mind. Um, and it was great. I think one of the, the toughest part about that school was the travel time. It was, I would spend the entire day at home um, at school, and then I would come home, and it would be homework, and then go to sleep. Then five thirty, get up to go to school. So, but even now, I think it really, it really helped who I am today. Like running my own business, which I and then mention I sell knitwear. My brand is called Pearl Be Knit, um, and I I run my business mostly online through Etsy.com, and. Being an entrepreneur is not exactly the easiest job. You don't you don't pick it because it's easy. You don't pick it because it's going to make you millions of dollars. You pick it because you're passionate about it. And so having to get up, for me, being able to have to create work and customer service and marketing emails, I had to get up at seven. So I think high school kind of prepared me for the life I wanted to live as an adult, getting up early, being creative all the time, managing the creative aspects and also the necessary aspects of life. And so, yeah, I had my music class, but I also had like the classes that needed to happen too, so I could be a well-rounded person. So it was a great school. I recommend it for anyone, anyone, anyone. <laughs> it's great. And there are no metal detectors, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, that was crazy. Like that, people were like, we have metal detectors. You, have, you can't wear these kinds of earrings to school. I'm like, that's crazy. Like people, carry knives into my school like they literally have like knives in their pockets um because they're artists and they need them for their work kind of thing like that's crazy so it was great it was awesome and so did you go straight to SUNY after uh actually I went to CUNY first okay. I went to CUNY City College and it wasn't challenging at all I I went for a relationship reason like <laughs> I wanted to stay close and it was a bad choice obviously because I was 17 um and my mom I tell you she's never strict like whatever makes you happy kind of person and it, it was not a good choice but I, I did it I spent two years there and it was not challenging to me at all like I didn't have to do anything to get an A it wasn't especially coming after LaGuardia after such a rigorous like schedule, testing, chorus, performance, early mornings, late nights, going to CUNY City College wasn't challenging for me at all. And so my sister helped me and she said, you know what, you should go to, you should go to SUNY, especially if you want to stay close to home. You don't really want to leave the state. 
go to SUNY. I want to stay. I love my family. I love being home. That's that's a part of my personality. I like being close to my family. And so I applied for different schools. And then when I learned more about New Paltz, I go, oh my God, I want to go to New Paltz. And so I, then I spent my remaining two years of undergrad um, in uh, on campus. And then I ended up doing an extra semester because I decided to study abroad. And I studied abroad in Paris for four months, which was crazy. Uh, and I had a host family, which was ridiculously expensive in hindsight, but uh, I, it. it was worth it. I, I would, I love my host family. I would not like still friends on Facebook. I would never, ever, ever trade it in for another experience. And so I ended up spending an extra um, semester in college, but it was my last semester was in Paris, which was which was great. <laughs> it was awesome. What did you study? Um, La civilisation de français. De français, which is like French civilization, <laughs> if I mean, I'm probably butchering it by now, um, but it's French civilization um, and the language, French language. Yeah. And so that was fun. So I had grammatique, grammar, um, I had a movie class, which was basically just watch French movies in class. So I had a lot of knitting, I was like, my little, my little phone light, you know? Um, and my civilization class. And grammar and phonétique, which is like uh, phonetics, and so it was pretty much like four solid classes. But most of my time, I just been traveling. I was, <laughs> I was having a ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up while I was there, ended up going to Amsterdam, um, Morocco, which was like second quote unquote second spring break. It was like we just nine of us was cut class for nine days. Went to Morocco. It was not the story I'm proud of, but it was worth it. Um, and uh, Germany and Prague. So while I was there, I just kind of like backpacked, and which is really easy to do when you, when you're there, because like thirty dollars for a for a bus ride is crazy. And then we did like sixteen hour bus ride from Paris to Amsterdam. It was only eight euros, which was wow. yeah, which is the same. But sixteen hour bus ride, but it was an adventure. So yeah. it was great. So my last, so my last like two years at New Pulse was amazing, mostly because the classes were great. They were challenging. The professors, I took a human rights class and that was really powerful. And I took a black history class, which was with one of the most amazing professors, Dr. Carroll. He, I'm still in contact with him. We like have, we have coffee. We try, you know, we do Facebook messaging. So he's like, hi, what's going on? Like, hi. He's just incredible. And so I couldn't have made the most amazing decision to go to SUNY, I think. You know, people think, oh, SUNY, you know, yeah, that's like the regular schools. It's not like as prestigious as, you know, Harvard or like Yale or these other schools. But it was probably the best decision I made for my education. And I have really amazing memories, amazing friends because I went to that school. So... And then I, I went to, I met my, my professor, Professor Rooney, my French teacher, who, like, inspired me, and then I ended up going to Paris, and so, you know, it just all kind of came full circle. What was your major? Uh, international politics, with a minor in French, and a focus in gender development. It was ba- nothing, basically. <laughs> I'm just, I'm kidding. Um, you know, international politics is a very broad liberal arts degree. And so in the real world, international politics is like, okay, what does that mean? You know, that's like the world. <laughs> like, what does that mean? So my focus in youth development and um, in gender development 
definitely played a huge role in the internship with Planned Parenthood that I got after that. And so it was like my interest in women and reproductive health was great. So my focus was more important than my actual major. <laughs> but uh, I loved it. And it was intri- it was intriguing all the time. It was never a dull moment, especially that was during the time when, you know, we were at war. And so, you know, that was after 9-11 and... Um, it was intense, you know, there was a lot of, you know, politics happening on campus and student organization like kind of raising up against the the war. And I think, you know, and financially people were just in the streets and so studying the, the underlying reasons behind why the war started and what motivated it and what kept us in Iraq, I think I couldn't have been studying into politics at a more perfect time, you know. What did you do after college? Uh, so after college, I wanted to, I wanted to leave. I wanted to continue traveling. I, I got a little taste of it. <laughs> and it was my first time ever leaving the U.S. was Paris. I actually went to, um, went to Canada, but it was like on the U.S. I went to Niagara Falls. It was on the U.S. So I didn't even count. <laughs> like that didn't count. Yeah. So I, Paris was actually the first time I had ever, ever left, knowingly left. Um, the United States and traveled and so I wanted to keep going I was like this is easy I just have to find the money to do it um and while during college I was working at a yarn shop called Stitch Therapy uh which some people I'm sure will know (laughs) it was on Lincoln Place on 7th Avenue and I taught knitting classes and so after I've taught pretty much since I was 17 all the way up until through college after I left college, I would come home during breaks, teach classes during the summer, teach with her, um, work the store like her right hand, like a like a manager basically. We didn't give me, I didn't get that title, but technically, I was like I managed the store and I taught classes and um, and I decided to save my money and travel. So I ended up going and visiting a friend in Mexico for fourteen days who I met in Paris. So that was like my first thing that I did after college. I worked and I saved and I went to Mexico. Um, and then after I came back, I got on the, the trail of applying for United States Peace Corps, which was an intense, rigorous application process. It was, my um, application process was about a year and a half. Um, and I, after that, I did get accepted. Um, that this is an interesting story because it, it's always it's always really interesting for me. So uh, the application process itself is rigorous, right? It's essays, bios, intense medical clearance. Like you get tested for every and everything. You know, if you have any kind, if you have a, you know, if you if you if you're anemic, you have to deal with it. You know, it's not you know if. If, if, if life is just giving you a bad card and you just and you have like something that's uncurable, um, you're not going. So that's that's definitely a part of it. Dental, you know, you have to like your teeth had to be in great condition. I mean, everything from like the smallest things to the biggest things. They even asked me about like my skin and like my skin issues and things like that. And so, because I'm like I've always been acne prone, so they were like, okay, okay, you're fine. Then it's okay. It's just like a little acne. Okay, it's fine. Um, and so that was crazy. But then when I got accepted, I got accepted to uh, serve as our community economic development advisor in Lesotho, which is a landlocked country in South Africa. And 
I remember, I, I always get into the, I, I got into a relationship <laughs> during my application process. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. I think when, I, when big life changes happen, like I get into a relationship, but this one turned out to be really amazing. You know, I'm still with my partner. We're amazing. Um, but that was an element that I had to like fall in love in my application process. But I went anyway. I went. And when I got there, I had an amazing experience. I'm always really skeptical and reserved about talking about my experience there because I, I think Peace Corps is an amazing program. Um, the, the reality is that things are happening in these countries. Um, and you either can deal with it or you can't. And for me, knowing that I had like such a supportive family, I have fallen in love, I have someone waiting for me, so I'll wait for you for two years while you're in training, while you're... You're, 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 you know, you're serving, I, I wait for you. Knowing that you have that back there, it's kind of like a deep contrast between like the, the suffering that the people there have to live with. And for them, it's not really suffering. It's just the way of life. Like this is the way of life. We walk a mile to get a bucket of water. I remember, so my time there, I stayed six weeks. Service is 27 months. I stayed six weeks with my host family, had an amazing time. I do not regret applying. I do not regret the investment, like monetary investment, I don't regret going. Um, <laughs> but I do remember thinking, wow, people really do this for 20 <laughs> And I just, after the six month training period, I decided it wasn't the direction I wanted to take with my life and I left. And, uh, but while I was there, it was amazing, mostly because my host family was, dar was darlings, you know, they were darlings. And it was her mom and her daughter, and I had, like, my own little room. It was really beautiful. Lesotho itself is really hilly, too. It's really hilly. It's so close to the sky. Like, the atmospheric, you know, it's so high. And so the moon literally looked huge. Like, you look at the moon. Like the way moon looks in New York and Brooklyn, it's like, oh, what a beautiful moon. There is like, it's like a saucer. Like, it's, it's huge. And um, it was gorgeous. And it's, it was winter there. They have winters, they have summers, they have spring. So it was winter when I got there, which is funny because I was leaving New York summer to go into Lesotho African winter, which is very interesting, very odd. And I learned, I learned a bit of a Lesotho language, which is Basotho is the people, Susotho is the language, Lesotho is the country. And so I learned a little bit of the language, which was great. I learned more about myself than I, that I, 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 I you know, that I could, I could fend for myself without electricity. I could fend for myself without direct access to water or latrine. Yeah, I got it. I, I, I could work with a latrine. You know? <laughs> you know, I learned how to plant. It was great. Like it was six weeks. Was, wasn't the intention, obviously. The, the commitment was 27 months. Um, but they give you that six-week period to emerge yourself into the situation, and then you can make a decision whether or not this is something you want to continue to do. And I made the decision not to continue. All the people who were in my program, like, were connected through Facebook, which I've mentioned, like, 500 times. It's, like, the way you connect with people internationally. And they all had an amazing experience. All of them had an amazing experience. When I came back home, I decided to... I know I wanted to start something from the ground up because Peace Corps is definitely, you create your own programs. It's not like they give you work to do and say, here, do this for your community. You work with your, within your community. You say, okay, let's see what you need. And you create programs surrounded around economic and community development, whether it's 
of figuring out, you know, best way for agriculture. Like how do we, how do we, you know, monetize your craft, things like that. And so for me, that was really my focus, monetizing craft, like DIY. And so when I came back home, I was like, why not do that for myself? And so I started my business, which was great, Pearl Knit. And that's what I've been doing for the, like the last four years. And it's been amazing. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, it kind of like took off. It was like, it was like, that was what's meant for me. Um, like running my own business and being like my own boss. And then even in the mix of it, I became a teacher for uh, Etsy. And it was a class created by Etsy in collaboration with Small Business Services of New York called NYC Craft Entrepreneurship. And it's basically a five-week, five-class course that happens over the course of two weeks. And each class covers topics like pricing, what it means to be an entrepreneur, taxes and finance, marketing, photography. And so I teach those classes, and I've taught it for the last two years. Not only do I run my business, I'm also able to help other small businesses grow and start. Some of them start business from scratch in our class, and that's been really amazing. Um, and yeah, after after college, it was just like, yeah, and then I just kept traveling. I From then, I did another backpacking trip in Europe <laughs> with my little sister, um, and yeah, life is, just, life is just going, and now I'm here talking with you, Emma, so it's great. <laughs> I, I think we're almost out of time, but let me ask you one last question, and that is... What do you think, being from Brooklyn, how has that shaped your perspective and how do you think that's influenced you in your life so far? So Brooklyn, it's definitely a place where no matter where you go, people know Brooklyn. They know New York. And for me, that is like, wow, okay, I'm from the best city in the world. You know, obviously I'm sure people would disagree, but I definitely feel like the city, Brooklyn is so diverse. It's so accepting. You can pretty much be anyone and feel really great here. There's obviously a large, you know, economic gap in New York, which I, 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 is present. You know, you can walk one neighborhood and it's, you know, you're like, where did all this garbage come from? And the next block is clean, you know, like what's going on with the zoning, right? Um, so there's definitely that contrast, but I think what it does is, it makes you appreciate more of what you have to know that you have such access to great things, great resources. Brooklyn has so many great resources, free resources for like the library, right? For people who don't really have a lot of money, um, especially in comparison to other worlds. And so for me, I just, I'm always forever grateful to be here. I don't want to leave. Even rent is like ridiculous. I'm like, oh my God, I can have a house paying this kind of rent. Um, but it's, I don't think I can live anywhere else. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. <laughs>